Hello and welcome, boys and girls, to the inaugural edition of the newest Up North Live podcast. This one is called... Well, you already know what it's called because you clicked on the link. It's called The Hometowner. So yeah, you knew that before the drum roll. Congratulations. This is The Hometowner, named after the illustrious and and super entertaining Friday night highlight show hometown highlights that you can see every week on Up North Live, TV 7 and 4 and ABC 29 and 8. And we are rolling over with some of that Northern Michigan sports momentum into a podcast form here for the hometowner, Up North Live, getting in on the podcast scene. We have the Up North Live Hive, if you've never heard of that one. We also now have the hometowner, just to get you guys caught up on all things in the sports world. And you know what? Between you and me, I am your host, sports director Harrison Beebe. This has kind of always been a, a passion of mine to have my own podcast, so in a weird way, now I do have that exact same podcast. Now all we need is... Two million listeners, and uh, I can take it global and retire from 7 and 4 and just be a podcast host. Wouldn't that be great? Until that happens, though, I will happily do this show and, and give you guys the most up-to-date information and uh, analysis and just insight that you, you probably want to know about. I've been helping with my friends at the Traverse City Record Eagle on their sports podcast to get around for years now, so I feel like podcasts come somewhat natural to me, although it's a little weird being in the studio by myself right now talking to a microphone, but it's kind of like when we report in studio and the TV cameras are there and nobody else is there, but we're also at the same time talking to thousands of you watching. So go figure. This is just my voice. So I don't even have to get up, dressed up, wear a shirt and tie, and comb my hair. So let's get right to it. We're going to jump into the high school fall sports season. It is back. We are right in the thick of things. High school football started last week. All the other fall sports like soccer, volleyball, cross country, tennis, those are also going as well. And thankfully, compared to last year, those are all going on time. And as of right now, as normal, I know the big talk around schools here in Northern Michigan is what to do about the mask policy, especially being indoors. And I know, especially with indoor sporting events like volleyball and swimming, there might be some additional rules added right now. But as of this moment, I am aware that there's no restrictions on the high school sports scene here in northern Michigan as we enter the month of September. Of course, that might change, but right now things definitely look a lot more like normal than like 2019 or 2018 than they did in 2020, where we started and stopped multiple high school fall sports. And that was just a weird dynamic. We were on, we were off. Uh, we had schedules, we had practices and games, we didn't. We had games canceled, postponed. Uh, it was just a mess of a year. I know everybody was happy to just get through it and get some seasons in the books and get some progress, but in a weird way, 2019 feels like we'll actually be able to get back to the sports themselves as opposed to just hoping for the best. We can actually kind of prioritize the competition and the improvement and, and all the things that we normally do and, and rally around when it comes to uh, competing in sports, especially at the youth level, if you want to refer to high school sports as the youth level. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's where we're looking at right now is a, a somewhat normal start to this 2021 season. Have heard of a couple uh, football postponements due to COVID down at Mason County Central. But besides that, I uh, haven't really heard of any other issues with any other northern Michigan schools as far as sports competitions are concerned so far. So let's hope that trend keeps up. But, yeah, we had a, a great opening week for high school football, stretched out from Thursday into Friday. Had a whole bunch of teams in action and uh, we're going to discuss a lot more about that after all, we had two of our Traverse City teams playing at the Big House. And our own Mark Chalette was down there covering those games. 
with TC West and TC Central playing in those marquee events. We're gonna we're gonna talk about those and a bunch of other week one games and even look ahead to some intriguing week two games with our friend James Cook. He's the senior writer at the Traverse City Record Eagle Sports Department. So without wasting any more time, let's just get right to it. I figured I could talk on my own for five minutes, but who wants to hear that? Let's actually bring in James right now and we'll dissect week one of the high school football season and go from there right here on the first edition of the hometowner. James Cook, my buddy with the Traverse City Record Eagle. I uh, just popped in to do your podcast earlier. Now you're helping me out. Do mine. Uh, how's it going, man? How excited are you to uh, get back to high school sports again? It's nice to kind of get back into the grind of stuff, uh, you know, after the weird year that we had and then summer and all that. So it's uh, it's nice to have that that steady normalcy of high school sports that it is and you have been very busy since the football season got started uh you went down to the big house you caught both those games uh you sweated about uh 10 pounds of water from what i understand but uh you got to see tc central and tc west on a big stage west coming up with that big win against midland in a comeback fashion and and central you know hanging in there with uh what many consider to be one of the best teams in the state regardless of the division in dewitt so uh, I guess give me your takeaways from both of those games at the Big House last week. Yeah, that rally by TC West was was something. I mean, down twenty eight to eight in the second quarter, and then to to shut them out for the rest of the way, and then and score, you know, get up to thirty five so you can uh, win that game by a touchdown. You know, with only a few minutes to go, they they didn't seal that game until less than two minutes left on an interception by Michael Skirberhorn, and then they kind of were able to just uh, run the clock out after that but uh, you know a good game from the from the get-go um, as far as entertainment value especially and then uh, TC West just roared back in the second half yeah West looked impressive uh, what do you take away from Central's game obviously a tough one to drop but uh, certainly one that that you know I think at the end grand scheme of things is, is gonna look probably like their best opponent they play all year yeah, definitely. I mean, DeWitt was incredibly impressive. I think that's what uh, people should take away from this, that uh, it's not a knock on Traverse City Central. DeWitt was the you know, state champion in Division Three. Uh, their coach was the, the coach of the year um, in the state of Michigan and came in, I think, second nationally in the, at the NFL's uh, coach of the year for you know national all, all across the country. So, I mean, they've got three Division One recruits on that offense, and Traverse City Central was able to, to limit two of those three. Um, they just, you know, that, that quarterback, Ty Holtz, is something else. He, he puts the, the ball right on the money you know, just all the time, and he, he finds his open guys. He knew, to, he knew to stay away from Carson Bordeaux's side of the field against Traverse City Central, uh, so they had that defense scouted out. Central was, you know, able to put Bordeaux on McIntosh to, to uh, take away their top receiving threat. Their number two receiving threat got them for four touchdowns. So, you know, the, the teams had each other scouted out. It's just a matter of uh, DeWitt had a number two receiver that nobody saw coming. And, you know, he made the difference in that game. Yeah, he made a difference in that one. And, you know, we're going to have plenty more talk of Central and West throughout the fall here. Obviously, now uh, two-plus weeks until the Patriot game. 
resumes with hopefully a full crowd there at uh, Thurlby Field. But James, what else did you notice from uh, a week one schedule that spread out from Thursday into Friday? What kind of stood out to you as far as the game results here in the first week of the high school football season? I was surprised at how handily Kingsley handled McBain. Um, I, I thought that that game might be a little bit closer than it turned out to be. Yeah, I figured Kingsley was the favorite coming in, but I, I didn't think that it would be that much of a blowout. And, uh, you know, McBain came in with the, the big offensive line, um, some kids who could run the ball. and uh, But, you know, they had, they had replaced quite a few seniors from last year's team that was, that was quite successful. But, you know, I just didn't expect it to be that much of a margin of victory for Kingsley, and, and which is hats off to Kingsley and, and feed by them uh, after their coach was not really happy with how they played in their scrimmage. Anything else staying out, staying out to you? Blech. Anything else stand out to you from uh, the week one scores? Uh, or was everything pretty, you know, you kind of noticed those teams winning that you, you figured would win? For a large part, it was, you know, the teams that you figured would win would win. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe uh, Benzie would maybe be able to give Traverse St. Francis a little bit more of a game. I didn't expect that they would maybe win that game. But, um, you know, I thought they could have some motivation in trying to prevent that round number of 40 losses consecutively to St. Francis. Um, but, uh, you know, St. Francis came into that game and took care of business kind of like they, they normally do, aside from last year at the beginning of last season. But, uh, you know, so that was one score that kind of was a little different than I expected. Uh, the, you know, the Kingsley Elk Rapids game, or Elk, sorry, the Kalkaska Elk Rapids game was uh, one that we thought might be a close game and ended up being a, a pretty decent one that Kalkaska snapped that very long losing streak that they have. I think it goes back to 2017. And uh, so that's, you know, big win for their program and their, their school to get that football team back on track. Yeah, that was a big game. I was there for that one, uh, not to the very end, but uh, obviously something, even in a road game, something very cool that there were a ton of Kalkaska fans that I'm sure were there to excited to share in that uh, record streak breaking performance. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go from last week now to this upcoming week. I mean, week two is going to be kind of like week one. We've got games scattered out over Thursday and Friday before the Labor Day holiday weekend. Uh, what game catches your eye the most entering uh, this upcoming week's week two slate? Well, if you live in Traverse City, you've got your, your pick of the litter. I mean, you've got a, a triple header essentially this Thursday and Friday at Thurlby Field with, uh, you know, Traverse City Central plays at home against Marquette on Thursday, and then Friday is a doubleheader with TC West and Grand Haven for the Coast Guard Cup, and then Traverse City St. Francis in their second game there. Yes, you got a triple header, so you know get your money's worth, get the high school football out of the way. But what about that game? Maybe yeah. about a half hour south of Traverse City uh, also might be pretty intriguing on a Thursday night. Oh yeah, that's definitely going to be a very good one as well. And you know, Glen Lake Kingsley. So I'm assuming what you're referring to. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, yeah, that one is going to be you know a game to watch. I think uh, we've talked about Kingsley, what they did to McBain the first week. You know, Glen Lake kind of did the same thing to Houghton Lake the first week. You know, they came out and just took care of business. You know, with even their their head coach wasn't even there at the game, and uh, they still came out and handled their business. So. Uh, and this game's become a big deal, you know, with the salute to service thing before the game and at halftime 
and everything. So it's become a big deal for these players, and it's a, it's great that it's a big deal of a game too. Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait for that one. I'm going to be there Thursday night. Uh, you know, going off football for a sec while I have you, are there any other uh, notable prep sports, you know, actions, events that you've seen here in the first few weeks of the fall season that has stood out to you that uh, you feel like deserves a shout out? Well, I mean, the, you know, the Pete Moss Invitational on Saturday was big. We had Andrew at that one. Um, but we kind of covered that on our podcast. <laughs> he's, he's, he was there, so he can talk about it more, better than I can. Uh, on, on Wednesday, we've got you know the dedication of the uh, the athletic complex for Traverse City Central coming up. That brand new multi million dollar complex out there at the Coast Guard Fields, and uh, and then also that same night you've got Traverse City Central against Traverse City West volleyball. Yeah, so a lot of good things coming up. I mean, especially as the school year starts up. I know a few schools have started already. I think in our area, but most of them get started after the Labor Day holiday. Uh, we're really going to get loaded with schedules and uh, things happening. So uh, we'll plan to check, uh, touch base with you all all year here on our, our new podcast platform. And, of course, uh, we love kind of scratching each other's backs here. You guys do a great job with the Get Around podcast. That's been uh, one of the best local sports podcasts up here for years now. And uh, we're happy to kind of join you on the same platform and hopefully uh, double up the Northern Michigan podcast listens about around our area. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Let's get a football field somewhere soon. So big thanks to our friend James Cook from the Traverse City Record Eagle for helping us uh, look back on a great week one with a lot of notable happenings on the high school football gridiron. And we're going to have much more with James, other guests, other coaches, athletes, even some of my coworkers here have uh, some pretty cool sports stories I, pr- I kind of plan to share with you here in the months ahead for this podcast as we move forward. Uh, and, and, you know, to really wrap things up in this inaugural episode, I figured we'd kind of dive headfirst into what other people have been talking about. Mainly, you know, it's not just the high school sports that people get excited about here. We all love supporting our college teams and our pro teams. And after all, we are entering opening week for college football. Big Ten football is back. Michigan State opens the season with a Big Ten opener on the road at Northwestern Friday night. And that's an intriguing one because a year ago at this time, Northwestern, of course, you may remember, won the Big Ten West Conference and played Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship, which obviously Northwestern doesn't do every year. What's also noteworthy, and Spartan fans will remember, Mel Tucker defeated the Wildcats. That was one of his two wins in his first season as head coach of the Spartans. So we're getting that rematch. Uh, of a game that Northwestern probably wished they could have had back a year ago to be MSU and Northwestern Friday night. I believe a 9 p.m. kickoff Eastern time at Ryan Field just outside of Chicago there. So right away, MSU getting in the thick of their Big Ten schedule. And uh, not a lot of people are expecting much from the Spartans this year. And, you know, I I think if you ask MSU, they probably like that uh, idea that they're kind of under the radar and nobody's really talking about them. Hey, Worst case scenario, you meet those expectations and you do exactly what you were supposed to do. Best case scenario, you pull off a couple more upsets, uh, finish higher up in the win total, get a decent bowl game, and uh, you're getting people talking about MSU football again being a sleeper and a great team like they were under Dan T- Mark D'Antonio's when he was head coach the last 10 years or so. So uh, I think there's a lot of optimism surrounding that idea of the surprise factor of Michigan State football. But at the same time, if you're an MSU fan, you also probably – except the fact that uh, this could be a long three months as well. But, uh, you know, you come to the Michigan game, who knows, maybe at that point uh, 
that that win could mean so much in defining the season, depending on, on what type of team Michigan is. And that's a perfect transition to the Wolverines, who will begin their 2021 season at home this Saturday, a high noon kickoff at the Big House, where TCUS and TC Central played last week. Michigan is going to play Western Michigan. It'll be Mac versus Big Ten here in week one. Uh, so not a lot of people expecting Michigan to cough up that one. I'm sure the Wolverines are favored and will probably likely get a comfortable win. After all, they've got to kind of get a good win under their belts the week after they have Washington, which could be a, a potential challenge out of the Pac-12. The Washington Huskies could give Michigan a game in the following Saturday in week two. So kind of something you want to play for and get that win. Now, Jim Harbaugh, of course, always seems to be on the hot seat with him. You never know in his, what is this now, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 7th season as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Hard to believe it's been that long, but if you count it off, he started in 2015, and here he is, you know, still kind of needing to provide some answers for that Michigan fan base, not getting the wins over the rivals like, you know, the fan base is hoping for, not winning Big Ten titles, not making it in the college football playoff. Uh, he's still having some productive seasons, but in a lot of ways kind of disappointing a lot of people as well. He named his starting quarterback the other day, Cade McNamara, started the last game for the Wolverines last year. He's going to start the first game this year. We'll see how uh, the rest of the slate goes for the Wolverines going forward, but definitely optimism surrounding Michigan football, as there is every year. You know They want to get back to relevancy. They want to get back to where they were in the the heydays uh, in the previous decades where they were contending for Big Ten titles and being at the top of the conference and contending with Ohio State. And, uh, you know, if you're a Michigan fan, you're hoping this is the year. Maybe something like that is in play. Obviously, Ohio State has kind of built themselves up to be at a level that's near the Alabamas and the Oklahomas and the Clemsons. It seems like an echelon ahead of Michigan. You know, I love college football as much as anybody, but when you factor in that uh, kind of some of these teams just seem to almost have automatic buys to the college football playoff, and, uh, and it's not that they don't deserve those spots. They obviously have to win out to get there, but it is those same teams basically year in and year out. So that's kind of telling you that maybe, uh, you know, what they're doing and their recruiting and their coaching, everything they're touching seems to be turning to gold and, and working out for the better. So you kind of, you know, you hope to see Michigan and Michigan State make those leaps again. The Spartans, of course, made the college football playoff several years back under Mark D'Antonio, one of Rose Bowl as well. So we know MSU has been capable of that in recent years, and, and Michigan would like to show that that is going to be them again someday soon. But either way you slice it, the opening weekend, Labor Day weekend of college football, always an exciting time. The high school season usually starts the week before, then you get college, and then you get the NFL the week after. So let's go to the NFL, the Detroit Lions. What to expect from the Lions this year? I don't know. If you want me to be perfectly honest with you, yes, I report on the Lions every day, but I would never call myself the biggest Detroit Lions fan. They've hurt my heart, my brain, my soul way too much over the years. I've kind of become a passerby fan. I'll support them if you want to call it that, but I'm definitely not spending three hours of my Sundays watching the Lions every week. Having said that, obviously we're in a very unique era for the Detroit Lions. They've changed up their head coach and their starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, no longer there. Matt Patricia now out as head coach, so in comes Dan Campbell as head coach, former Lions player. He's bringing a, a very tough guy mentality. I tell you what, Dan, Dan Campbell brings some of the best sound bites you'll ever see from a football coach at any level. And believe me, hearing so many coaches give interviews, especially at the college and pro level, not calling out a Jim Harbaugh or a Mel Tucker, but a lot of their stuff is either very programmed or very 
uncomfortably delivered, whereas Dan Campbell not only seems comfortable in front of a microphone, but also enjoys that part of his job as well. So the Lions media definitely getting a treat with him this year. Will that translate into wins? We'll have to see. I've seen projections for Lion win totals being very low on the uh, on the number. So NFC North being what it is, Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, all uh, teams that are always tough to beat. Not to mention, uh, you know, the rest of the NFL as a whole, and the Lions can't seem to get a grasp on, uh, you know, once they make the playoffs, then they fall out of it again. I personally think Jim Caldwell was the best coach they've had in decades, and they chose to, as as they quote said, it wasn't good enough when he was finishing at worst 500 and getting in the first round of the playoffs. To which I say, uh, Lions and Lions fans, what what else are you looking for? A, a Super Bowl is. You know, you need to start at the bottom before you get to the top. So if that's at the worst case, what you're doing for seasons, you're at least building something. Whereas Matt Patricia's era gave us, what, four, five, six wins at best on seasons and a lot of disappointed fans. So take that for what you will. Jared Goff is now plugged in as the starting quarterback, at least for the near future here, replacing Matthew Stafford. And uh, I, I can't wait. You know, Lions games... This year will be kind of few and far between for me, but I tell you what, week two against Green Bay on Monday Night Football, and you jump ahead to end of October, they're going to play the Rams and Matthew Stafford. I'm circling those two as must-watch, whether I'm a diehard Lions fan or not. I'm curious to see how the team looks in games where they're measured up with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and then their former QB, Matthew Stafford, and the Rams. It's a great litmus test, so to speak, to see how the team looks and where they're going. So there's reasons to be excited and interested in how the Lions are doing. If you're a fan, though, you know just as well as anybody to not exactly expect uh, a complete overhaul and amazing turnover. They, they're messing with the rosters today. Is when we record this on a Tuesday, they were finalizing the rosters. Uh, they didn't have a kicker on the roster. They will add one eventually, but they finalized their 53-man roster without a kicker at the moment, and the wide receiver setup seems very disorganized. They basically are replacing their entire core of wide receivers, and so we're kind of wondering who they're going to be banking on after so many years of having somewhat reliable receivers to play in those games. So what to see with the Lions? Who knows, but a season kicks off uh, in a few weeks here against San Francisco, and that's always got fans excited at least to see how the team looks at the start. The Tigers are, of course, wrapping up their season, and uh, despite my prediction a few weeks ago, hoping that they would finish second in the AL Central, it looks like they probably will finish in that tucked-in middle spot, which is if you ask me, way better than a lot of projections. I'm sure a lot of people had them finishing last in the division at the beginning of the year. Looks like they have a great shot to finish ahead of Kansas City and Minnesota and fall behind the soon-to-be Cleveland Guardians in their last year as the Cleveland Indians and the what will be AL Central Division champion Chicago White Sox, which are going to be my pick for the American League pennant this year. And I'm probably going with the Dodgers in the NL pennant. I just got a feeling we're going to get a Dodgers-White Sox World Series. We'll see if that's wrong, or maybe that disappoints you if you're a Tiger fan. But uh, speaking of being a Tiger fan, I think we've seen a lot of great, you know, a lot of great stuff from this team this year, rebuilding back to prominence. Uh, and it always helps when Miguel Cabrera, who's kind of winding down his career, is getting these career achievements as far as 500 home runs. He's chasing those 3,000 hits, so fans have reasons to be excited to watch his at bats, which has been sorely missing in the last several years with Miguel Cabrera at the plate, even though he's not as great a player as he was. At least he seems to be getting a little more motivated to chase these goals this season as opposed to a few years in the past where I don't think his uh, at-bats were very memorable and uh, uh, he might not have even looked for him that much either. He just wanted to wrap up the day, go collect his part of the $30 million paycheck and uh, you know, pick, <laughs> resume the rest of his life. Uh, but yeah, we've got a great 
core in place in the pitching staff. Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Matt Manning, those guys are all up. And uh, offensively, we should only be able to rally behind some of these great players that are here right now. Eric Haas has been phenomenal at catcher for the Tigers. I can't wait to see Spencer Torkelson get called up. He's been tearing up. Uh, the minor league, so I can't wait, whether it's this September or next year, definitely going to see some uh, great performances from future Tiger hitters, no doubt, in the future. The question will be, when does A.J. Hinch get it all aligned and makes this team relevant, at least competing again for the Central, if not maybe a wild card, and getting in the playoff mix again. I think A.J. Hinch has been a phenomenal hire. Of course, a couple years ago, he was in trouble with the Houston Astros for the cheating scandal. But now he's in Detroit. It appears to be years behind him, and it seems like the fans are actually rallying behind him and enjoying what he's doing with the Tigers. And I think you can see in a game-in, game-out basis how good of a manager in the game of baseball that he is and the type of impact he has on these younger players. And I think he's the perfect man for the job right now to get this team back to where they were. Is Alavila the perfect GM to get this team back where they were? That's a debate I've had with plenty of Tiger fans. You can discuss that one at home. Uh, right now, it's maybe looking a little better based on some of his draft picks, but I know as recently as a year ago, people were not a fan of what he was doing and what he was acquiring when we sold off parts like Justin Verlander. Uh, but all that's still to be determined. I don't think he's going away anytime soon. I know A.J. Hinch isn't going away anytime soon. The Tigers will wrap up their season in a month and will go into another offseason, but I think 2021 has definitely been a much more memorable and enjoyable season for baseball fans here in Michigan than we've had the last few years and, and maybe in a bit of a surprise too I mean they were actually in second in the AL Central a few weeks ago who would have ever thought we could say that for the Detroit Tigers in 2021 and quickly to wrap up uh, let's mention our other two Detroit teams the Red Wings and the Pistons the Wings they're going to be coming back to Traverse City in a few weeks here for training camp they skipped out last year due to COVID but they'll be back at Center Ice Arena they're going to have the Prospects Tournament in the middle of the month and then they'll the actual full team will come up for the golf classic at the grand Traverse resort and then center ice will hold training camp and the red white scrimmage all that fun stuff that we known to expect and uh you know kind of like the tigers the red wings are getting a little little more intriguing month by month here too as they're starting as steve eiserman's starting to put his building blocks into place to uh, make a deep run hopefully back into this nhl scene they weren't dead last this year like they were last uh, and you really get a sense like the all the Detroit sports teams, you know, if you count the Lions subbing in uh, a new head coach with positive mindset, all the Detroit teams appear to be going in a direction that's somewhat positive or at least interesting. So I think the Red Wings are on that plane as well, and we're intrigued to see how they hopefully will improve here in the 2021-2022 season. For the Pistons, they have got the most hype they've had in over a decade, probably since that team that those teams that made the Eastern Conference Finals for six straight years. That was 2008. That's the last time the Pistons have won an actual game in the playoffs. Yes, they've been in the playoffs since 2008, but they've been swept by the Cavs and the Bucks in the 2009, 2016, and 2019 playoffs. So they have not won a single game in a series since they lost in six to the Boston Celtics in 2008. And yes, I know that stuff. I'm an NBA diehard. A lot of people don't really love the NBA. I'm cool with it. It's one of the sports I've always latched on to since I got into sports. And uh, I've always latched on to the Pistons. They had that great run. And a lot of people forget that they were pretty much, ignore the fact that the Spurs won so many titles back then. The Pistons were basically the class of the East and one of the best teams in the NBA for a really long time. And I know that was kind of spoiling Piston fans for a while, but now you get a sense that some of that's coming back 
with Cade Cunningham being in the fold with the first overall draft pick out of Oklahoma State. We're going to see what Cade brings to this lineup. A couple other interesting offseason pickups, either in the draft or by free agency acquisition or trades. Uh, definitely Troy Weaver is the GM of the Pistons now, and he appears to have somewhat of a magic touch with the decisions he's making. I enjoyed watching the Pistons a lot last year compared to years past because it felt like young guys that were playing for spots and hungry and in an NBA season where similar to maybe to the NHL and MLB where it's a long season, you're playing 82 games, you're playing six months, it's easy to take your foot off the gas pedal. It seemed like the Piston teams were always competing, even if they were losing a lot of games, and they were obviously okay with that because it gave them the lottery and the number one pick. It still seemed like they were putting in the effort to become a better team and acquire little skills that uh, hopefully in the long term and maybe with a few more good signings uh, bring them back to relevancy in the Eastern Conference here. So I think the bottom line, we can cap it off with the fact that uh, there's reason to be excited about all those sports teams right now, whether at the college and pro level. And that's a good thing to say because in the Detroit sports scene, we haven't really had much good to talk about in the last several years, and it's been kind of miserable. And Maybe we were spoiled in previous decades with all the success those teams got, but now we kind of know what it's like to be at the bottom and not look forward to the start of seasons, and maybe we're hopefully rebounding in, in a lot of ways to see those teams start playing impressive in, in in the sports that they're in. So those are more intriguing storylines to follow. We know the high school sports are going to be great to follow as well as we start to get into some of these rivalry games and really get into the meat of things here in the fall season as the weather winds down. More people are going to be honing in on watching their sports and, and keeping tabs on their teams. But, hey, shout-out to the Traverse City Pittsbitters before we go on, on winning that Northwoods League title for another year. I think uh, one of these weeks we're going to have to call my good buddy Josh Reban, the manager of the Pittsbitters, and get to talking to him on this pod just to, to break down what it was like to repeat, especially on the road against the best team in the league all year. I mean, that was just an incredible run for the Pittsbitters in their postseason a few weeks ago to bring home a second straight Northwoods League title. Two for two, really, for them in the Northwoods League postseason. So a uh, crazy story for them as well. So shout out to the Traverse City Pittsbitters for uh, being a phenomenal organization here in their infancy still here in Northern Michigan and in Traverse City. So that is going to wrap it up for me on the first episode of The Hometowner. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, if you want to give feedback, maybe add more of what you want to hear. Maybe you have questions. Maybe we could, if this gets so popular, we do a Q&A segment. Who knows what's to come from this podcast? I think just like any other podcast, they're growing organically, trying to figure out what's best for them. Maybe nobody wants to hear me talk for a half hour. Maybe i got to find a co-host to talk to every week. We will get to the bottom of that. But if you want to give your feedback, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at HarrisonBB. Uh, and that's a great spot. I usually check my Twitter pretty often. It's kind of one of my subtle favorite things about the sports world and social media. Is there are so many things you can keep tabs on either off the field or on the field of what's going on through that social media. And... So, yeah, we'll, we'll attempt to grow this baby from the ground up here, and uh, hopefully you guys are along for the ride, joining us on our sports coverage throughout the week, watching Hometown Highlights on Fridays. And uh, when, you get, when you get a chance, either at the gym or in the car, or maybe you're like me and you pass out going listening to a podcast while you're winding down for the day, you just listen to one before you go to bed for night. Maybe this is the one you're – maybe my soothing voice is the one putting you to sleep right now. How lucky am I to be that uh, person to give you that benefit? I know other people have – have been there for me in those situations. Sometimes it's not easy to fall asleep in a 
something in the background is perfect distraction. So maybe you're using that for this. So I appreciate that either way. But thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of The Hometowner. Until then, I'm Sports Director Harrison Beebe. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.